0: Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, Look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them.
1: Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk.
0: Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. He went with them into the temple courts walking and jumping and praising god when all the people saw him walking and praising god they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called beautiful and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him while the beggar held on to peter and john all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called solomon's colonnade when peter saw this he said to them
1: men of israel Why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the Holy and Righteous One and ask that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him. As you can all see, Now brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance as did your leaders but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets saying that his Christ would suffer, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. He must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from among his people. Indeed, all the prophets from Samuel on As many as have spoken, have foretold these days. And you are heirs of the prophets, and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, Through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you, to bless you, by turning each of you from your wicked ways.
2: This is a day in the life of a young church, the first church, the first congregation. We see the days pictured in a big picture at the end of chapter 2. It says that they uh, were baptized and that wonders and signs were done through the apostles and they continued steadfastly in teaching, fellowship, and prayers, and eating together. Uh, They continued daily with one accord in the temple. This is one of those days. Praising God and the Lord was adding to the church daily those who were being saved. On that day, the church was 3,000. By the end of this day, the church had grown through accumulating growth over the days to 5,000 men. So this is a wonderful picture of what one of those days was like. It took place in the temple where they went every day to pray. Uh, There were hours of prayer. There was the noon hour, which is known as the sixth hour. There was nine o'clock, which is known as uh, the third hour. This is when the day of Pentecost began to happen, when the crowd gathered at 9 a.m. in the morning. And then here, there's a ninth hour, about three o'clock in the afternoon. They gather uh, after a sacrifice to pray. And so Christianity is a form, actually started as a form of Judaism, a branch of Judaism growing out of the root of of Abraham. And we've been grafted in. Who knows that's true? And so there they are going to pray. And the temple itself was a large courtyard and then a temple proper in the courtyard, which had a holy place within that and the holiest of holies inside of that. So the outer circle, as it were, the outer place is the court of the Gentiles. This is where the Lord... Cleansed the temple twice, ran off the money exchangers and the animals that were being sold there. And then inside of that was the temple proper, which had two courts, the women's court and then the men's court. They were closer to the action, and then the holy place and then the holy of holies. So this lame man was sitting at the beautiful gate, the main entrance to the temple proper inside the court, the main courtyard. Every day, sitting there, and people are coming past him to pray. And no doubt giving him money. So he's at a prime location. He is uh, over 38 years old, about 40 years old. We learn this in the next chapter. He's been lame from birth. He's a professional beggar. He is defined by what he can't do. Can you imagine what a day in his life was like. And then what a change that occurred talk about a life that's that converted transformed when he was healed now no longer uh, defined by what he can't do but defined by what he can do and the potential that God opened up for him the third chapter is what we're going to just focus on today it's an amazing story the story of this healing and then of Peter's sermon uh, the crowd gathers, and Peter basically says, Are you amazed at this? Is this you, you find this amazing? <laughs> and he goes on and uh, says, The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, and killed the prince of life whom God raised from the dead of which we are witnesses. So he's convicting them of their sin that they asked for a murderer to be released. It was a custom for the Romans to let one criminal go, to give one guy amnesty, to, to give one person reprieve from their sentence. And... Pilate said, I I have no fault in him. It's my custom to let one convict go free. Can I let him go free? And the people said, no, give us Barabbas, a murderer. They gave life to a taker of life and took the life from the prince of life. Literally, the author of life is what the Greek word means. To to give life to the taker of life and to give life to take the life of the giver of life is what salvation means was done. We, like Barabbas, are sinners and Christ became our substitute. The name Barabbas is Bar Abba. He's the son of Abba. A son, a child of the Father. Gone bad. A murderer. A taker of life. Was redeemed through literally the giving of the life of the author of life, of Jesus. You guys have done this. Back to this miracle. And his name, the one that's raised from the dead, the one whose life you took, through faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. Not only do you have an empty tomb to deal with and a missing body to explain enemies of Jesus, but now you have miracles happening in the name of the one you tried to destroy. The influence you tried to end is doing this. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. The faith it took for this miracle to come to pass came from Jesus in whose name this miracle was wrought. Through the Holy Spirit, the church has been given gifts. This was the gift of the working of miracles, the gift of faith, the gift of healings, all happening at the same time. Through the faith that comes through Jesus, this man is strong. They knew knew this wasn't some street person they hauled in who for a buck pretended he was crippled and pulled off a fake miracle. No, they had known this guy for years. He was there. They saw him every time they came to pray. Forty years old. This was a stunning miracle. No doubt Jesus had walked past this man. Yet he wasn't healed. Why? Jesus said, I don't do anything the Father doesn't tell me to do. And I don't say anything the Father hasn't told me to say. So why didn't Jesus heal this man? Because the Father didn't tell him to. Now, whoever called on the name of Jesus for healing, for help, for deliverance, for provision, he met that need. Jesus, have mercy on me. Son of David, heal my child. Jesus, he responded to those calls. But this guy had never called on the name of Jesus. He was calling on the name of alms. He was calling on his temporal need and got his eternal need met because someone authorized by Jesus came and ministered to him in the name of Jesus. So here Peter, giving Jesus glory for this miracle, having told them they were guilty of killing you know, the Prince of Life, he said in verse 17, Yet now, brethren, I know you did it in ignorance, as also did your father, your rulers. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of his prophets that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. So there's this dual thing happening in the crucifixion of Jesus. There's those that have sinned against him, but then there's God who has allowed it to happen. In his sermon in Acts 2, he says that they uh, killed Jesus, and in so saying, he said, him, meaning Jesus, was delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, crucified and put to death. So who killed Jesus? Lawless people, yeah. But who allowed it to happen? Who could have stopped it? Who prophesied it into happening? The Father. So to hold a race of people responsible and to become anti-Semitic for the death of Jesus is the dumbest thing most demonic thing in the world it's dumb idiots believe that they don't know their bibles according to the foreknowledge and purpose of god you have taken by lawless hands here you did it in ignorance that god that these prophecies can be fulfilled what's the consequence what's the results verse 19 repent therefore and be converted That your sins may be blotted out so that times, can we say times, plural, plural, more than once, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. It is so refreshing to have your guilt taken away, isn't it? It's so refreshing to receive the forgiveness of sins and to receive the righteousness of Christ. That is so refreshing. It's refreshing to experience the presence of God in praise and worship. Maybe you were refreshed when you got saved and now you think you just have to grin and bear it until we get to heaven. You know, y'all pray for me that I make it in. Farther along we'll all understand it better and better by and by, Lord, when the morning comes. I love that song. Sorry for using that, but... um, Truth is, we will understand it better and by and by. But between now and then, between the heavenly by and by and the nasty now, are times of refreshing, where God gives us tastes of heaven. It often happens when we praise and worship the Lord. It happened probably for many in the service today. This is why we gather together for times of refreshing. Do you need to be refreshed? Just set some time aside for you and Jesus, and. Call on his name and begin to worship him and his spirit will manifest and give you the refreshing that you need. Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And that, and here's something we're all waiting on the fulfillment of, he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Is the world experiencing a lot of loss, a lot of chaos, a lot of problems, a lot of storms, a lot of destruction? There's coming a time when the Lord returns and he's going to restore everything. We will understand it better by and by. And then he tells how Jesus was the fulfillment of a prophecy Moses gave. Moses truly said to the fathers, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things, whatever he says to you. And it shall be that every soul who will not hear that prophet will be utterly destroyed from among the people. This is a prophecy that Moses gave in Deuteronomy 18 that there was a coming, a prophet after him, out of their midst who would be like him. And so this was a messianic prophecy. In fact, when Christ came, they questioned, is he that prophet? Is he the prophet? Is he the new Moses? Yes! (laughs) Moses wrote the law on tablets of stone. Christ writes God's law on the fleshly tablets of our hearts. Through him we are given new hearts. So he is our new Moses. He leads us out of slavery to sin into willing servanthood in the kingdom of God. From being Barabbas' that we were not to truly being Barabbas, true children of Abba. You are sons of the prophet and of the covenant which God made with our father, Saint Abram, and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. To you first, to the Jews first, God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your iniquities. Now, here's the two-way relationship we have with the Lord. We're commanded to repent and be converted, and yet we can't do it by ourselves. Who knows, we need God to help us to repent. He captures our hearts and turns us from our iniquities. He changes our want-to's. I do what I don't want to do anymore. I do what I don't want to do. I need God's help to give me a desire to do what he wants me to do. And so as I repent, I turn to him for strength to repent. It's not a legalistic thing, turn or burn. No, it's, it's turning to the Lord for his help. And he's done that through Christ to deal with our sin in such a way that it breaks our hearts. We don't want to go our own way to serve him. Now, there's an extreme wind of doctrine and overemphasis on grace. How can you overemphasize grace? Well, you can if you twist it, if you deduct some things from the whole picture. And it deals with the truth that our sins have been dealt with on the cross, past, present, and future. It's true. Christ no longer dies for sin. They've all been paid for, right? So if he's forgiven my sins in the future, then why don't I just sin and not worry about it? Because there's another verse where Jesus talks about Judgment Day when the Father will say to some, Depart from me, I never knew you. You who practice lawlessness, you who do not walk in repentance. You whose hearts have not been turned away from iniquity. And they'll say, Lord, we prophesied your name. We cast out devils in your name. We healed the sick in your name. We've done many mighty things in your name. And he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. So grace is Amazing in that it changes my want-tos. I don't deserve salvation. I don't deserve God's mercy. I don't, I don't have enough sense to come in out of the rain. I need a Savior. And in saving me, He has won my heart and given me a desire to please Him. Not that I live under the shadow of the guilt of my past, present, or my future, but I live under the shadow of the wings of the Almighty, who's called me into a relationship with Him where He refreshes me, and gives me a desire to serve Him. I now live out of inspiration and not condemnation, revelation and not desperation. Power of the Holy Spirit and not the power of sin. And one day we will stand before Him, He'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. But until that time comes, the time of restoration of all things, we have the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit to help us to go through anything. I want to speak to you today on the power. Can we say power? Of the name of Jesus. Jesus is an English name that comes from the Greek name Jesus. The New Testament was written primarily in Greek. We have Greek manuscripts that go all the way back to the first century. It's a rendition of the Hebrew name Yeshua, which translates to English Joshua. Yes, we have a Joshua or a Jesus in the sound booth this morning. Well, he was there. Jesus is gone. The name is related to a Hebrew verb root meaning rescue, deliver. It has a noun form meaning deliverance. It literally means Yahweh saves or Jehovah saves or Jehovah saves or it, he is my salvation, he is my help. It, this name is a cry for saving, a cry for help. It is a prayer in one word, Jesus. Now there's another wind of doctrine rolling through the land that we have to start using Jesus' Hebrew name. Well, I don't have a problem with that, Yeshua. But to forbid people to use his English name is just dumb. Don't tune me out. Let me tell you why. Who's the creator of all languages? God, right? If your name in English is Joel, in Spanish your name is Joel. I'm sorry, it just is. Deal with it. As a creator of all languages, Almighty God does not insist we learn another language to worship him. Language is a vehicle that he created with all of its differences, nuances, and dialects, and abilities to change with times and places. Etymology is a beautiful uh, school of thought. Yet remaining able to communicate his timeless truths in countless ways so that people in every place and time will be able to stand a certain denomination finally came to their senses and stopped worshiping God in a language that no one spoke. That was dumb. <gasps> it's true. If the emperor has no clothes you do yourself no favors by pretending he's not naked. That's dumb. God created languages to be used to worship Him. He's seeking worshipers to worship Him. You do not learn, have to learn Hebrew, Latin, or Arabic to be able to worship. You worship Him in your language. We can all rest assured that the following prophecy of Scripture will one day come to pass. God has highly exalted Jesus and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven, of those on earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every knee means everyone is going to kneel to him. In heaven, on earth, and under the earth means this amazing event will take place everywhere. Every tongue does not mean that thing inside your mouth. It means every language. It's glosa, from which we get the word glosalelia, meaning every language will worship him. In Africa, in Swahili, one day they will all bow their knees and say, Yesu Christu Nibwana. In Creole, all the Haitians will bow their knees and say, se cesir. What will they say in Bosnia? Yeah, see? See how it works? <laughs> in Spanish, all the Hispanics will bow their knees and say, Jesus Cristo es el Señor. And in English all the rednecks will say, Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. (laughs) Y'all. He's Lord of all y'all. Like other important personal names, Christ's name speaks of his character, his ownership, his authority, his power, and his purpose. The book of Acts is about continuing the ministry of Jesus, and as his ministry is continued, it is done in his name as his representatives, as members of his body. The power of the name of Jesus is our topic today. Jesus authorized believers to use his name. In Mark 16, he said, These signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. This is what happened. Peter was doing what he was deputized to do. When a deputy pulls you over, it's as though the sheriff is pulling you over because he has been deputized to serve in the place of the sheriff and you had best heed what he has to say. Well, he's not Roger Deeds. Well, he's in the name of the sheriff, the position that Rodney Deeds holds. In the name of the law, you had best obey those in law enforcement. And thank thank God when they don't abuse their authority, amen? Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. I have this gift of faith in operation. I have the name of Jesus, a position in which I stand. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Of course, we know a wonderful story. Peter honored the one whose name was used. In explaining to the crowd what had happened, he said, through faith in his name, in his reputation, in his power, in his character, in his purpose, through faith in the name of Jesus, has made this man strong whom you see and know. They all knew the guy. Probably everyone in that crowd at some point had given the man some money. Let it be known to you in the next chapter, he says, to all people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, just in case you got the wrong Jesus Christo here, the one from Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised up from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. The power of the name of Jesus. He said no other name is able to save us. There's salvation in any other. There's not salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. He is the only way to heaven. Well, Pastor, we need to coexist. Coexist? You seen that bumper sticker? See, Star of David, Fish Head, Cross, different signs. We live in a pluralistic society. Yes, thank God for religious freedom. Forced conversion is never the will of God. But Jesus declared he was the only way. No one comes to the Father but by me. How narrow-minded can he be? How can he be such a superior exclusivist? How unpluralistic, how uneducated, how redneck? Well, it's not if it's the truth. Just like two plus three equals five, whether you like it or not, that's the truth. Well, what if it's two eggs and three oranges? Oh, stop being an egghead and just accept the fact two and three is five. The way it is. Well, what if number five has a baby? Then it becomes six. He's the only way. There's only one name, in which we receive salvation, that's the name of Jesus. And I would be lying to you to say otherwise. If someone says, what's the best way to go over to Fort Worth, and I point them that way, they can get there going that way, but that's not the best way. That's the best way. There's no other best way than that way. Right? He is the only way, and his name is the only name. And his enemies knew it, and they hated it, and they ordered them not to speak in his name. They commanded them. They threatened them. Don't speak or teach anymore in the name of Jesus. Well, then it was time for some civil disobedience, and they had a prayer meeting and prayed, Lord, don't let us wilt. Don't let us back down. Give us the boldness to speak in your name anyway. Lord, look at their threats. Four twenty-nine, And grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And God responded by filling them with boldness, filling them with his spirit, filling them with the power to be witnesses that he had promised in Acts 1, When they had prayed... The place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. And the ministry of Jesus continued and the fame of his name spread far and wide and in eight years the persecution got so intense that they scattered. The foreigners went back to their homeland and guess what happened? The church grew and grew and grew. And it's still happening today. What if they had CNN back then? Or CBN back then? What would a telecast look like of reporting with men and everything, reporting on this prayer meeting?
0: This footage was taken two days ago, just shortly after the disciples Peter and John were released from the custody of the Sanhedrin. These followers of the former religious leader, Jesus of Nazareth, had gathered for prayer when suddenly the building in which they were meeting was shaken. Reportedly, no one was hurt in the incident, and according to seismologists, this shaking was not the result of an earthquake. You know, the seer will talk with Peter and John about this and other so called signs and wonders, and tonight's The Way I See It. That's all coming up next on the Zion. 7 reports
1: you're watching the Zion 7 report a comprehensive news magazine reporting today's news as it happens with anchors Adam Zicklag and Eve Havila, plus news commentary with Ito the seer the Zion 7 report
0: Now that the religious leader Jesus of Nazareth is no longer here, one might expect his disciples to return to their former way of living, but so far that hasn't happened. On the contrary, Jesus' disciples seem to be more dedicated to spreading their good news now more than ever before. Special correspondent Sarah, daughter of Josiah, files this report.
1: They've been threatened, beaten and treated like the scum of the earth by the religious leaders here in Jerusalem. But these followers of Jesus refuse to stop talking about their leader and about all the good things that he has done and continues to do through them. According to these disciples, Jesus has enabled them to do the works that he did by filling them with his Holy Spirit.
0: The Holy Spirit was sent by God to take Jesus' place. Jesus started this work. And now the Holy Spirit has come to help us understand it and be doers of it. Lots of people are being saved and healed. Demons are being cast out. It's wonderful. Then people have been selling their property and giving the money they made off the sale to the needy. I've never seen anything like it. And I just want to encourage you, young lady. You can be a part of what God's doing, too. Did you know God loves you?
2: Who wants to be part of that kind of church? Continuing the ministry of Jesus with true signs and wonders. Not like that one church full of morons. I guess I'm just mean today. But they show up at funerals as signs, you know, God hates, fags. That's not the signs and wonders. When we read Acts, this is the church Jesus began. Not beating up on sinners and and furthering prejudices, but Ministering the gospel, the story of Jesus, declaring He's the way and praying for folks that need prayer. That's who we're to be a part of. Amen. And of course, they suffered for it, because these guys followed through on their threats and brought him back in and beat him. They, they thought it to be an honor. They departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame. For his name. So if you sense persecution is coming, don't warn don't don't whine. Say, yep, this is this is us. It's all about the name of Jesus that is hated. Isn't it something his name is so hated? I mean when people curse, they don't call on any other deity. Wonder why? Because it doesn't sound as blasphemous. Oh, Billy, yellow, blama, bama, mama, mama. That doesn't mean nothing. But Jesus Christ, that sounds so blasphemous, doesn't it? Because it is. His name is hated, and you're going to be hated for his name. But it's because of the power that's in his name. It's because of the position we have in his name. The words in the name of are actually in a, If you have a good dictionary, the the phrase or the prefacing phrase in the name of Jesus, the words in the name of are in the dictionary. It often is used to speak of authority, ownership, or representation. For example, the power of attorney. When someone gives you the power of attorney, they've given you the right legally to stand in their name. Let's say someone named Billy Bob gives you the power of attorney to oversee his affairs while he is fighting a war somewhere. He's he's gone, and through the power of attorney, you have the right as though you were Billy Bob to stand in his place and exercise Billy Bob's authority and rights overseeing his stuff. If you own a car and it's paid for, the title is in your name. If it's not paid for, it's in the bank's name. In the name of implies ownership. When a policeman commands you to stop in the name of the law, he's not commanding you to stop in his name, but in the name of a higher power as a representative of law and order. And so we have been given authority to stand and operate and pray in the name of Jesus. Look at what Jesus said. He said, repentance and remission of sins would be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. His representatives, he told them in another place, if anyone receives you, they're receiving me, standing in his name. In John 14, he said, whatever you ask in my name, I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Two chapters later, he, the ne, uh, two verses, well, the next verse he says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Two chapters later, he said, most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. In the name of Jesus is involved in water baptism. We become his representatives officially through the rite of Baptism. Acts 2.38, he said, Repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Chapter 8 said they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. 10.48, he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. 19.5 says when these disciples of John the Baptist heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's not just baptism it's everything whatever you do in the word or deed do everything in the name of the lord jesus giving thanks to god the father through him whether you're in law enforcement or food preparation or a plumber what you do you do in his name as his representative as someone standing in the place of jesus you're serving your fellow man in his name it's not a magic formula. It's not some weird incantation like, like a magic wand. In the name of Jesus, I wash this car. In the name of Jesus, I shine my shoes. No, it's a position you stand in. Representing the Lord. It's authority. Have you called on the name of Jesus? Maybe you've heard Jesus declared before, but have you for yourself called on the name of Jesus? This lame man had Christians all around him. No doubt had had Jesus pass by, but he had never called on Jesus. But someone called on the Lord for him. You may say i don't understand um i thought jesus healed everybody we'll do the math uh 50 days before chapter two christ arose from the dead so before that he ministered for three and a half years so this was some months or sometime after chapter two here's chapter three here's this guy who's been begging at this gate for 40 years So he had been near Jesus and needed to be healed. He never called on his name. Peter called on him. We live in a culture of people that is not calling on the name of Jesus. And we must serve them, minister to them, encourage them in his name. Whatever we do in word or deed, whatever we post in word or picture, let's do it in the name of Jesus. And if you're not on the name of Jesus, I encourage you to do so. You could do it like this. Jesus, I call on your name. Save me. Save me. Prove yourself to me. Make, help my unbelief. bow our heads Lord I pray for every person here that we would see the benefits of calling in your name from the person who never has to the person that's in a position where they really do need to call on your name I pray Lord that you would make this truth real to every person here And for those of us that have called on your name, but we've not been living a life that really can be said to be lived in the name of Jesus because it really doesn't represent you well. Help us, Lord, to repent and be fully converted and follow you with all our hearts to live lives in light of the authority and the authorization that you have given. Lord, the needy people that we pass by every day, help us to stop and in the name of Jesus, minister life and love hope and faith and even as you enable healing and provision to those people pray Lord for those in our family help us Lord to minister to them in the name of Jesus Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. In a minute, I'm going to call the ministry team to come forward, and we're going to be up here to pray for you in the name of Jesus.